Uh, hello, CPC um, from Beirut, Lebanon, in the, in the heart of the Middle East. My name is Nabil Khoury, and I'm one of the missionaries supported by your beautiful church, CPC, located in the beautiful area of California. Uh, we love Carmel. Um, my beautiful wife, Mimi, and I have four boys, David, uh, graduated last year from college and he's working now for Samaritan's Purse and he'll be going uh, soon to serve in uh, South Sudan. And my second, my second son, Rashad, uh, just finished his uh, third year, junior year in college in mechanical engineering. And uh, we, have two twin, we have twins, Andrew and Ryan. Uh, they just graduated from high school. Andrew um, is going to study in the United States, in Missouri, uh, physical therapy. And Ryan is going to stay in Lebanon and study in Beirut uh, at the uh, Lebanese American University, uh, LAU. Uh, he's going to study biology. Uh, we are very proud of them. Um, uh, they have big dreams and um, we thank God for them. And. Um, I serve the Lord with the local church in Beirut and I also teach uh, at the uh, Christian Alliance Institute of Theology and I teach Islamic studies and apologetics, <coughs> training young people, men and women, to serve the Lord in the uh, Arab world. I would like to thank Pastor Tim for inviting me to speak for this CPC uh, Great Commission Sunday. And I also would like to thank uh, uh, Siska for all the work uh, you do for us uh, CPC missionaries. It is a privilege for me to, to speak and have this opportunity. Uh, I feel a bit sad that we had uh, to do it online. A few months back, I was really looking forward to coming, uh, to, uh, to coming back to Carmel. It's been a few years since we, we were here and have the opportunity to speak to you face to face. Uh, but uh, here we are uh, in the whole world uh, battling this uh, vicious uh, virus. And uh, um, it has really disrupted the whole world. However, as believers, we believe that the Lord is sovereign. He's still uh, sitting on the throne. Uh, he's still in charge. Uh, and um, uh, it's very true and we trust him, we praise him and we thank him. Um, I am speaking to you from our church building in Beirut. <clears throat> My wife Mimi and I have had the privilege of visiting CPC multiple times in the past and we have many friends at this church. We cannot thank you enough for your prayers and support for us and the many missionaries who serve in different ministries and also around the world in several countries. We love you all dearly as brothers and sisters in Christ. This morning, uh, today, I would like to have a message from, uh, I'll share a message with you from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. Uh, the Lord Jesus uh, prayed uh, for us believers just before he went to the cross. And what an amazing uh, Savior uh, we have in Jesus Christ. He prayed for us 
even in the hour of his greatest trial. And he lifted incredible, incredible requests on our behalf before our Heavenly Father. As I thought about this passage from John 17, I wrote down this title, Jesus prayed for me. Let that sink this morning into our hearts. Each one of us can say that Jesus prayed for me. So I would like to read from the Gospel of John, verses 20 to 26. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that they and that I myself may be in them. Be encouraged, our brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, that Jesus prayed for us. Our Lord Jesus Christ is praying for us. We know he's at the right hand of God praying for us. And just before his crucifixion, he actually lifted a special prayer for us. So be encouraged. He knows you all. He knows each one of us, and he knows all there is to know about us. This should be very Encouraging, encouraging and uplifting to all of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. If you are still hanging on to your sins or wondering about the meaning of your life, this is also for you if you repent today, if you believe in, the, in Jesus Christ and give Him your life. Because Jesus Christ loves you, uh, Jesus Christ, Christ died for you and he wants you to be with him in the place of glory and honor. Because what he prayed for in John 17 is simply incredible. Uh, just ponder on that, uh, reflect on that and absorb his words today. They are directed to the Heavenly Father, it's true. He's lifting his prayer to the Heavenly Father but the subject of the prayer, it's all about you. They are really prayers directed for you, for your sake. Every one of you who have put their faith, every one of you who have put their trust in Jesus Christ. So the question to be asked is, what is the Lord Jesus Christ asking the Heavenly Father to do for us? Uh, just think about how loving 
the Lord Jesus Christ is, the day before his crucifixion, he is thinking about you. How many of us would think about others and would think about blessing others uh, when uh, we are going through problems and difficulties? I honestly dare to say that none of us would do that. We would be so afraid, we would be so concerned about the problems we're going through, we would be so concerned about the pain we're going through, but not Jesus. In his darkest hour of his earthly life, we found him thinking about us and how he can bless us. So that's why we see in John 17, which is divided into two parts, the first part in, from verses 6 to 19, he's praying for us that we would overcome the evil one and we would fulfill the commission that he placed on our lives. Because he said very clearly, the way the Father sent me, I am also sending you into the world. And uh, his prayer was very specific, that we would overcome the evil one. That's the first part. And then in the second part, he he's asking the Father for us so that we could be with him in his glory. And Jesus Christ, the first thing he prayed in the second part was Jesus is asking uh, that we would be one uh, with him and the Heavenly Father. And this is actually the second time Jesus Christ prays this prayer. He prayed it a few verses before in John 17 and now he's saying the same, repeating the same request the second time, that he wants us to be one with him and his Father. When we think how sinful we are as human beings, when we really look deep into our hearts and see how sinful we are, it is so comforting and reassuring that we the sinful will be one with the sinless. This is simply amazing. That means we will also become like Him, uh, perfect and sinless. We will share in His perfection. We will, we will share His holiness and purity. And uh, the day we leave this miserable planet that is plagued with sin, we will be sinless, united forever with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But the good news is that it starts here, on earth before it materializes there in heaven. When you put your faith in Him, you become one with Him, cleansed and made perfect in Him. The Apostle Paul captures this uh, image, this state we're in right now in Christ in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And you were dead, he says, in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in His mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us 
with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, but it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk with we would walk in them. We were dead in our sins. We were dead in our pride, in our sinful desires and wants, in our immoralities. And Christ made us alive when we put our faith in Him. And right now, we are living a holy life as if we are already there with Jesus in His glory. And Jesus asked that one day we would actually see it with our own eyes. And when we finally shed our uh, sinful bodies, we will be before Him from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation, as it says in Revelation 7. If you are listening today and you are still dead in your sins, meaning that you are still living for your own desires and seeking your own wants, I can honestly say beware and be careful. If you refuse to believe in Christ and repent of your sins, repent of your wicked ways, the Bible is clear. Instead of having a fellowship directly with Christ and the Heavenly Father and be united and be one with them, instead of having that relationship and that fellowship with Christ, you will have eternal damnation in hell. And that's really a scary thought. So Jesus Christ, first, first thing he asked the Heavenly Father that we would be one with him, alive with him and the Heavenly Father. We will be united with them. And the second thing he asked, Jesus is asking that we would be with him in his glory. On that day, he will honor us. And it is really hard to believe because it would be enough for us to be admitted into heaven, to be uh, allowed to just enter into heaven. That would be enough. It would be even more than enough uh, to be allowed to stay and live in heaven. But our Lord loved us so much that He also wants us to be honored and receive the same glory that He enjoys. This is really incredible. Did you notice the passage that we read before in Ephesians? It says clearly that right now, because we believe in Jesus Christ, we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. We are, so when you are invited into a place, a sign of honor is that you are assigned a seat with the host. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ is is asking for us, is to be seated with Him. We will be given a seat of honor and glory. Personally, honestly speaking, I cannot even imagine that. However, on the other hand, there is a hint in the Scriptures that we will turn around 
after he honors us, after he gives us places of glory with him in heaven, uh, we will turn around and give him all the glory back. The 24 elders seated around the throne of Christ with gold crowns on their heads. And we read about them in Revelation chapter 4 in verse 10 and 11. The 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne. Jesus Christ is sitting on the throne as we read in Revelation. And we see the 24 elders sitting themselves sitting on thrones around him, honored. So those 24 elders in, in verse 10, it says, will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you our Lord and our God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and because of your will they existed and were created. I believe that I am going to do the same on that day. Whatever honor Jesus Christ gives us, whatever crowns he puts on our heads, whatever rewards he bestows on us, we will turn around and place them at his feet in front of his throne because if it weren't of him, we would not have made it. What a beautiful picture for us that day. Jesus Christ is asking that we would be with him in his glory. And thirdly and lastly, Jesus Christ is asking that we would have the same love that exists between the Heavenly Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. That the same kind of love would be actually in us. This same love that drove him to come down to earth will be placed in our hearts. This is why he left us in this world. This is why he told us in the first part of John 17 that he is not asking the Father to take us from this world, but to empower us and to give us, to give us power over the evil one. So we can accomplish the mission that he placed us here for. He wanted us to reach the world for him. And with this kind of love that he put in our hearts, that is the exact same love that exists between the Heavenly Father and Jesus. With this kind of love, we can conquer those around us who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. We can conquer our families, we can conquer our communities, we can conquer our cities, we can conquer our countries, and we can conquer the whole world with the gospel. This is why we, he tells us to go into the whole world in Matthew 28. <clears throat> And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Bible tells us that there will be difficult times. We live in a world that is actually placed in the evil one. And it is a very difficult place, even today, when we experience all these difficulties in the world. And the Bible 
makes it, makes it clear for us. And as believers, we're not surprised because it tells us very clearly that at the, at the end times, there will be difficulties. And they are really summarized and presented to us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of selves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, un unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather, rather than lovers of God. Very disturbing when you read this list. And this is what we see around us. The whole world is in turmoil. However, no matter what difficulties, ridicules, and persecutions we experience in this life, it does not compare with the glory that awaits us in heaven. And that's what Roman, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 declares. For I consider, said Paul, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What, is, what, what, what a glorious day, the, the day when we enter into the glory given to Jesus Christ. What a glorious day when Jesus Christ will invite us to be with him, seated with him, and share his glory with us. And what a glorious day when we turn around and simply declare and say, it's because of you. You are the one worthy, and we give him all the glory. <clears throat> Jesus asked that we would be one with him and the Heavenly Father. Jesus asked that we would share in his glory, that we would be given his glory and be with him in his glory. And Jesus asked that we would have the love, the same love that exists between the Heavenly Father and his Son. And with this kind of love, as missionaries, as people who serve the Lord, we take that kind of love and we go out to the world. Let us lift our heads, stay close to the Lord through the scriptures, through prayer, and advance the kingdom of Christ wherever we are by witnessing and calling people to faith in Christ. I would like to end with the word of prayer. Please pray with me. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Son, Jesus Christ, who came into our world 2,000 years ago in humility. And we are so amazed by his prayer for us. What a privilege that I can simply declare that Jesus prayed for me and he's seated now at the right hand of God interceding on my behalf and on the behalf of many, many, many believers, all the believers. What a, what a privilege. Thank you for his prayers because I know his prayers will be answered. Thank you that he prayed that we would be one with you, Heavenly Father, and him Thank you that he is inviting us into his glory. And thank you that he has placed his love in us so that we can, in this difficult world, full of trouble, 
we can still go out and serve and show the love that drove Jesus Christ to the cross. Please bless this church, bless CPC, uh, bless the leaders of the church, bless every person, every believer in this church so they can go out by the power of the love that he put in us to reach the community around them for Christ. Thank you again for their love, their support, their prayers. I pray, Lord, that you would fill them and use this church, CPC, for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.